Welcome to this podcast of Sound Off from May 14th, 2021 with your host, Nate Lauks. Nate's guest today is Angie Nelson-Deutsch, Michigan City Councilperson. Now here's your host, Pastor Nate Lauks. Hello, friends. Today is Friday, May 14th, and you're listening to Sound Off on 96.7 The Eagle. My name is Nate Lauks, and it's an honor to be your host today. Hey, did you know it was on May 14th? Uh, 225 years ago that Edward Jenner administered the first smallpox inoculation. Prior to the invention of this vaccine, smallpox took the lives of hundreds of millions of people. So take that bit of information and impress your friends this weekend with it because you know something that they might. Now you know. Now you're in the know. You are better now for listening to Sound Off. So on today's show, I'm grateful to have joining us Michigan City Council person Angie Nelson-Deutsch. Welcome to the show, Angie. How are you? I'm good today. Good, good afternoon. Good afternoon. Yeah, I know. It's 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 a weird time of day where, uh, you know, I get in here and it just, you know, I, I don't know. Is it morning? Is it night? There's no windows here. These kind of things. So, so I don't know if all of our listeners know you all that well, Angie. So let's talk a little bit about your background. Um how long have you been in LaPorte County, Michigan City area? Um, you know, what made you want to run for council, these kind of things. So let's start with, uh, how long have you been in Michigan City? Well, um, I was born and raised in Michigan City, and my family moved to Florida in the middle of my senior year in high school. So um, transplanted to, to Florida, went to college there, went to Florida A&M and Florida State. And uh, after that, um, my career, I went there for electrical engineering, and, and then I moved around with the phone company for about 10 years. And I worked for SBC Communications. I moved to Texas, moved, you know, from Houston to St. Louis to San Antonio to St. Louis, and then uh, we purchased and acquired uh, Ameritech. So um, once that happened, um, I was uh, offered an opportunity in Chicagoland, so um, I moved to Hoffman Estates at that time and commuted and did all that, but had family here. You know, I had grandparents, aging grandparents, and uh, uh, my aunt that um, actually um, I was caregiver for mm -hmm. that lived with us, and she wanted to be back in Michigan City, so um, we moved back to Michigan City, and I commuted to Chicago. Um, for a couple of years, and uh, once uh, we started that process of transitioning back to AT&T, I took a buyout and did an early retirement in my 30s. So um, it wasn't really a retirement. You say, but, that's not so bad. Um, well, no, then I bought some properties, and then the mortgage crash and all of that. So um, it, there was a lot going on during that time. So went back to school. Um, was very involved in the community, um, and Girl Scout troop, just very active and, and a lot of different things. And, and went back to school, got my master's in, and decided to run for city council. Uh, and, and during that time period, um, started law school and started a full-time job. So <laughs> um, there was a lot going on for seven years. I worked part-time, but I was teaching at Ivy Tech and teaching at Purdue North Central. Um, doing some things there, doing uh, inside sales engineering for Dwyer Instruments. So um, kind of just uh, a nomad of, uh, <laughs> of things that I was working on at the time and, and started, you know, getting really involved in boards and things during that time period as well. So um, that's what led me to run for city council the first time. I was going to say, because I, I, I read that you were a former city council person, then ran again, correct? Yeah, so I was on the city council 2008 through uh, 
2011. And... Uh, I was in law school at the time and decided not to run again. Um, so I did the one stint, and then I had been away for about eight years and decided to get back involved. So, yeah, so there was a hiatus for about eight years. So was there any reason, what was the precipitating reason for you to want to get back involved again this time? So when I ran initially, um, you know, the whole thing about when I moved back to Michigan City, uh, I, I was visiting, you know, off and on throughout the time because I have family here. And just, uh, you know, that whole thing that I had in, in the first campaign was this whole, you know, uh, uh, you know, this hidden secret, you know, of Michigan City and and the opportunities. And I believe we began, um, we put some things in place with that council that I thought, will give us an opportunity to thrive and see more development. And, um, you know, we had cut back on using riverboat spending when I was on the council. And after that time period, um, we haven't seen as much as I thought we would, um, considering our location in Chicago uh, with the double track coming. Um, things weren't moving as fast as I thought they could and or thought they should. And... That was probably more of the reason why I decided to get back um, on the council. I think that uh, I have a, a background um, and some leadership qualities to get some things done. So that's why I jumped back in. So I think we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about what's happened a little bit over the last couple of months here in Michigan City. Obviously, uh, the mayor, Dwayne Perry, you know, uh, ha had a situation where... It got, you know, a lot of kind of racial tensions and things like this going. Um, the city council, I know, um, essentially took a, no, a vote of no confidence in yeah, the mayor. I yeah, yeah. Yes, I drafted that, um, that a resolution of no confidence um, that was uh, voted on unanimously by the council. So I drafted that just based on... Um, just some of my background in, in working with organizations on diversity, equity, and inclusion. Um, you know, LaPorte County is is a very diverse county, right? And we know this. I, you know, growing up, we used to go to church in Kingsford Heights, and um, and I thought we were driving, like, to Omaha, Nebraska. You know, <laughs> as a kid, it just felt like an eternity to get to church, Right. And I didn't realize until um, I did leadership LaPorte County how big LaPorte County is. Um, and each of the cities have their own unique qualities. And, and Michigan City happens to have the majority of the African-American community. So, um, you know, it's, it's just unfortunate of you know, the, the situation and, and what was said or what was done and the follow through on um, acknowledging, you know, what, you know, Dwayne Perry, you know, said. So, um, you know, my thought is it's, it's what it is. Um, and we just have to work around it and keep moving and make sure that we promote Michigan City in the best light that we can and continue to grow and, and be more welcoming to everybody, regardless of that situation. Um, the more that he sits back and let us do our thing, the better for us. Um, and, and we have good people and good employees with the city. So, you know, we don't want to penalize, you know, all of our employees and for something that um, Dwayne did, right? So 
I, I think now we're just moving on and pushing forward to get some things done. So what are some of those things that you guys are working on, you know, here in the future? What are you, what are you working on as a city council? But what, what are you guys thinking about here in the future? You know, a lot of a lot of the discussions over the last, um, you know, month, that last several months, we've been talking about sidewalks and roads. Right. We not not that we're arguing, but we're having very good discussions on what we want to get done. Um, and I, I think we just want to have as a council um, I can't speak for all of them, but I talked to, to most of them. Um, we just want to make sure that we're providing the services that, that the citizens need and that we're doing it um, in, a, in a fiscal, you know, a more responsible manner. So um, the fights have been on, you know, what roads get done, um, what, how is it going to be paid for, um, long discussions, multiple committee meetings on it. But one of the keys is, you know, we need processes, standard operating procedures. We need processes on how things get done. And, um, you know, people want to put out for grants and different committees and in different departments. And we just need to know when that's happening. So that's one of the things I know on the council agenda uh, for a vote this week is making sure that any commission board or department wanting to, you know, ask for money from the council, um, if it's uh, to match a grant that we know in advance that you just don't go out there and get it and then yeah. say, oh, by the way, you all need to match this. <laughs> because what will happen in the future if that happens is we're not going to vote for it. Mm -hmm. and, and, it and it's just you have to follow procedures. You have to follow processes. And we just didn't have any. In, in place. Yeah, it's hard when you're operating a city, especially the size of Michigan City, and you've got these disparate parts, right? And, and you're trying to probably bring these all together to say, again, not to over control or manage people, but if we're not on the same page, it's hard to go to the same yeah. place together, right? Yeah, and I don't, I don't want, uh, you know, the council shouldn't be micromanaging the departments, number one. Um, I don't think that's our role. Um, but, you know, last year we had the situation with the, you know, the riverfront and Washington Park and COVID. And and people just need to understand, because there were people on both sides of the fence, is that COVID was unexpected and nobody was prepared for it. And we just weren't. And the, the council took action on trying to minimize risk for not just citizens, but for people who visit here, too. So um, I just don't believe that um, we should be in the business of micromanaging the departments either. I think we should be there to support what they need and and that they should have a voice to tell us what they need. Well, we're going to take a really quick break here and come back. Uh, if you have a question or a comment for uh, Councilperson uh, uh, Dodge, you're welcome to ask that. Or, or, you know, you can always text me here as well at 219-362-0522. Um, we're going to come back I and mean, I've got some questions about employment issues that we have, you know, going around the county and things like this. Um, some of the, you know, uh, I want to talk about Airbnb culture in Michigan City. I know that's an ongoing topic, but we're going to take a really quick break and you can listen to our sponsors. Stay right here on Sound Off only on 96.7 The Eagle. Welcome back, friends. You are on uh, 96.7 The Eagle listening to Sound Off right now. And we're so glad to have you. Hey, I, I want to remind you. Uh, the Sound Off podcast exists. If you miss an episode of the Sound Off podcast or you want to re-listen to this episode, you're welcome to go to our site at hometownnewsnow.com and find the podcast. Or you can just take your mobile devices and go to the you know any podcast kind of dispensary, whether it's Apple Podcasts or whatever. Search for the Sound Off podcast and you'll find it. It's on Spotify, these kind of things as well. 
you're welcome to subscribe to it so you get all the episodes delivered right to your um, right to your phone. And again, you'll stay up to date on what's happening here in LaPorte County. All right, an- another question here that I have for you. We've got uh, Angie Nelson Deutsch on the on the show today talking about what's happening in Michigan City. If you have a question, again, I do want you to call or text me at 209-362-0522 or email me at soundoff at 967theeagle.com. Uh, we'd love to hear from you today. So anyway, uh, your professional career has deep roots in employment uh, work with major companies like Nipsco and Nysource. I know you do some consulting work for other companies and things like this. There's a lot of talk about our unemployment issues here locally. Many companies are having a harder time finding workers. I don't know if NIPSCO is or not, but some blame the increase in unemployment that the state and the federal government has uh, instituted. Some wonder if childcare and fears from the pandemic have something to do with it. You know, as as a professional plus somebody involved with governmental work, what are your thoughts on that? Um, it's interesting. I was having this conversation with my daughter last night. She's taking a, a finance class on nonprofit and government public agencies, and we were talking about redistribution of wealth and budgeting and all of that. Um, you know, I'm kind of um, a moderate on some of these things. I think that COVID has changed the way that businesses run, number one. You know, I think people are reevaluating how they handle um, people being in the office, whether it's halftime, get rid of the buildings, all of those different things. Um, and then some companies have gone through um, voluntary severance um, programs um, here in the last year. So I don't know um, from an unemployment perspective, you know, there there are a lot of programs that are out there right now. And, you know, they talk about a minimum wage of $15. I think that's a burden on smaller businesses. Um, but I will say that because of the jobs bill and all of these different things that have occurred, I think it's kind of forcing um, employers to raise their their wage, their minimum wage automatically because of not being able to find um, workers to work in, in these in these places. Um, I was uh, talking to someone last week and we were talking about drug testing. And we were talking about how um, different places, even if you were working at a minimum wage or a lower wage position, how they were drug testing people. And they were someone said, you know, with the marijuana laws um, expanding across, you know, the United States, does someone working as a janitor need to be drug tested? Does someone, unless you're, you know, handling heavy equipment or flammable material do you need to be drug tested and they start talking about all these different costs so i think um i think employers are going to have to evaluate um their the liabilities that they have um in in the workplace and the cost of it you know you got to weigh the social benefit versus the social cost and make a decision i don't think um me as an elected official can tell someone that or force someone into that it it's about the local business because we don't want um, any of these smaller businesses closing their doors mm-hmm. and and if you start forcing them um, into this increased wage or um, to put um, COVID has already placed a burden on them because now you got to spend money on cleaning you you can't have a revolving door 
And I, I just think it's going to be a, a hard balance for, for any company. Um, so I, I really don't have like a, you know, an, an opinion one way or, or another. I just think that it should be in the best interest of keeping people safe and keeping people employed. But it's a shortage. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't know. I saw some states are now taking the additional amount away. Uh, but people don't realize when you're in the hole, and you're trying to climb out of it, um, it takes time to do that. And a lot of times when people go back to work and we see that cycle of poverty, when they try to go back to work, all the benefits are cut off immediately and not allowing that transition time mm -hmm. for them to, um, first of all, get out of the hole on all your bills that are behind. And so... The government, you know, from a social policy perspective, is going to have to make some big decisions. Yeah. And we had a conversation on Monday on the show uh, dealing with some of that. But, you know, it's, it's difficult. In, in Indiana, our unemployment rate is 3.8 percent. It's, uh, as the governor had said recently in a, a press conference, it is uh, pre-pandemic levels, right? So we can and I think should talk about the, uh, you know, the unemployment benefits and stuff like that. And they're instituting more uh, application policies where you have to apply for different jobs. But I don't think that's going to solve the only the issue. I think there's there's a lot of other things. It might help a little bit, but I think there's there's other things that are happening. But they, it's hard. I, I was laid off. Um, so this might have been 2008. I think I was laid off. Um, and at that time, so it was January, uh, laid off at the end of the month. Um, you still have a household, you know, you still got mortgage, you still got all those things. And then um, they made it, di it's difficult, you know, you go through it to get benefits and you try to apply for all those things. And it's, it's disheartening and discouraging when people who have always worked and paid taxes, when they need assistance, that there's a, a heavy load just on paperwork and the process. So, you know, it's it's it it can be hard on both sides. And I think that it's just something that um, as as time goes on, especially pandemic wise, that they're going to have to evaluate the cost. Mm -hmm. yeah. All right. Let's get to a caller. Hello, you're on sound off. How are you? Welcome to the show. Glad to have you. Hello. Is that me? Yeah, that's you. Welcome to the show. How are you? Got a question for her, um, for the council lady. Uh, the uh, parking stickers. How is that going to work this year? Are they are they going to allow the 2020 stickers to still be allowed in, or do we have to? Because I buy I I live outside the city limits and everything, so I had to buy my sticker. I'm just wondering if I have to buy a new one for this year. Yes, they um, are going to uh, start selling those stickers. I know the price went up this year, um, but I did, um, I, and I, I would have to look, but um, we are going to have new stickers this year. So if you bought one last year and you weren't able to use it, are they going to essentially comp you that, or, or are you going to have to buy a new one? I think you have to buy one annually, but I'm going to okay. double check and see if I can... Um, By the end of the show, maybe we'll yep. have another answer for you. All right, here's a, a text here received. I heard you say sidewalks. Um, are an issue, but why would you want to waste money on sidewalks when there's so many people that don't use them? They often walk on the road and, um, again, don't like to move, and, and it's hard to police that. It seems like sidewalks aren't going to be a, essentially an expense that will do absolute, fix absolutely nothing. When I, when I was talking about sidewalks, it's, prime, it's mostly roads, but there are sidewalks that are bad, and we do... Um, 
people may not realize that, uh, but claims do come in uh, for people who may have been hurt on a sidewalk. Mm -hmm. So um, it's not a matter of just uh, out there randomly doing, you know, uh, tons and miles of, of sidewalk. It's, it's more out of um, identifying areas that require maintenance. Yeah, yeah, and I'm sure there's a lot of them there. So I, I want to talk a little bit about, obviously, uh, Michigan City is a lake city. It's on the water. Um, there's a lot of tourism there, things like this. And Laporte, the city of Laporte, I've noticed, is seeing more of this as well, the Airbnb culture, um, where a lot of people are buying houses, let's say, on the water or things like this, and they're using it for short-term rentals. I know the council has talked about this. There's other cities and things like this, because one of the things that you don't want to do is only have your lake houses and your lake areas be enjoyed by people from out of town. So what are your thoughts on the Airbnb culture in Michigan City and around the lakes? Kind of what's the council thinking about it and doing about it? Well, well, that particular ordinance was tabled at the last... Actually, I tabled it at the last meeting. Um, so it, it, it's been presented, and we've been hearing from both sides. Um, so I understand the concern, but I don't think we... You know, it's the same voices, and I know that there are other residents who would like to have a voice. So um, it's been tabled, but... I use Airbnbs when I go out of town. Um, I think it's a great alternative to hotels, especially if you have a larger family. Um, you know, some of the things that I think were misrepresented uh, were the fact that, you know, how homes would be, you know, targeted or have stickers on them or placards, which I'm totally against. I, I don't feel that. Um, that is required. I, you know, then there was some talk about the fees. You know, I'm even okay with not having a fee, um, but I, I believe that there should be some type of registration, and that's my opinion on it. Um, I know when I had rental property, I had to register, and um, and I would be okay with that. Uh, as a resident, you know, I, I'm okay with a homeowner wanting to rent their home out. You know, for however many days a year. I wouldn't be okay with it being rented out the whole entire time to different people every weekend. Mm -hmm. That would be my personal opinion, right? And uh, so I think there there should be some type of parameters around that. Uh, how many days in a year, you know, whatever that might be, because they're saying, you know, the average per night stay is over 200 bucks. So it's not a little piece of chomp change mm -hmm. either. So. It's good money in it. Um, it's a good second income for someone, or first income for someone, or someone who's going to be out of the town, be out of town, or a snor mm -hmm. snowbird. Um, I just, you know, I just think that we need to spend more time and have more discussion and input from from both sides because um, I understand it. But one hundred fifty dollars is what I think was being requested, and it was a one time fee period. Mm -hmm. So. Um, I think there is a, a place for Airbnbs, especially in, in LaPorte County. I mean, we have lakes, you know, throughout, and then we have Lake Michigan, and I think people want to be here. Well, we've got a caller waiting, and I'm going to keep you on hold just for a couple more minutes while we take a commercial break here. Um, we've got uh, Michigan City Council Person Angie Nelson-Deutsch on the show. Keep it right here, only on 96.7 The Eagle. 
And welcome back, friends. We're glad to have you here on Sound Off. We've got Michigan City Councilperson Angie Nelson Deutsch with us on the show. Angie, you have an update, I think, on those uh, the price of those uh, uh, stickers for yep. the beach. Yep. So we've already started selling stickers um, in the um, office uh, during the week. So I'm trying to find out, though, with COVID where they have to go to pick them up. So I'm looking for that. I don't see that. But, um, of course, they're free for Michigan City residents. LaPorte County residents are $25 um, for the year. And then out of LaPorte County within Indiana is 100 bucks, And then out of state is 150 I know the daily parking fees went up um, as well. So for daily parking, it is now, I think, $15, 15 bucks. Um, I'm trying to find out as far as picking up the tickets, though. And I know, again... The uh, stickers, I mean, the I'm stickers. Sorry. Yeah, so the caller before, I think, was also asking if if they'll need to buy a, a one because they got one yet last year, and I assume weren't able to use it. And it sounds like, yes, you will have to buy another one this year. So, yeah. All right, let's get to another caller. Hello, you're on Sound Off. How are you? Welcome to the show. Yeah, hi, Nate and Angie. This is Tommy Kalavik calling. Yes, Angie's right about the price of the tickers. You get them at North Point Pavilion. If you're in the city, if you own property, if you're outside the city limits, but you own property here, you bring your, uh, 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 either your, a copy of your property tax bill or utility bill, and they'll give you the t- sticker for free, too. I went in, yeah, you got to get those SWAT cameras. We need those real bad. You had the presentation last week at the council. And, um, I, I say, Mayor Perry, he's got to give a state of the city address. He's required by law to do that every year. Right. Uh, there's, there's no uh, there's no excuse for that. Thank you. All right. Thanks, Tommy. You got any responses to any of that? Yeah, Tommy, he's, he, he, Tommy's always uh, providing this information. He's correct about the state of the city address, and Councilman Don Przybylinski has, uh, has um, also uh, talked about it as well, and we haven't had one yet, so um, um, we're encouraging him to do so here soon, um, but he hasn't. We haven't had one, um, and I understood COVID last year, but... We're virtual. We can do anything now, right? So um, we're still waiting on that. The cameras, um, there was a presentation. Yeah, explain to me these cameras. What are the cameras for? So there was a presentation last um, at our last council meeting um, on cameras, and it's a a public safety um, item where cameras can be placed and um, can uh, give you the information on cars, uh, license plate, those things. Um, it was done at the end of our council meeting, but we really didn't get a chance to talk much more about it. We'll probably need some follow-up. I, I just recall in 2019, before we uh, got on the council, um, were sworn in, uh, something similar was brought to the table, and it was a sold-out crowd. Um, people were worried about targeting and um, you know, you know, people profiling, racial profiling, and things of that. So, of that nature. But I know that um, you know, it was just the the first of probably a couple more um, you know conversations about it. So, um, you know, if there are high traffic, you know, high volume areas where people coming in and out, and um, you know, cameras can be beneficial. So, I think we need to know, know more. But I think there are. Uh, you know, several different, you know, companies that provide that kind of service. So I think we need to hear more. 
So I will uh, issue a little bit of a complaint because whenever somebody comes on the show, I try to do a lot of research and I was watching some of the city council, the most recent ones, and we're talking two and a half to three hour meetings. These are Lord of the Rings special edition length meetings. So if we can get these down to maybe just like Marvel movie length, it'd be it'd be helpful. Are you okay with that or no? Yeah, this is like that Justice League, the new Justice League version. You know, I the Zack Snyder you know, cut. Yes, yeah. and I love the Zack Snyder cut. So let me say this though. Um Yes, they are long. Um, we just went through a marathon of a redevelopment commission meeting, too, um, yeah, last again. week. And um, we never, well, when I was on council before, and I'm, I hate to say we never, but during a four-year period of time, I think we might have had one meeting. But we did everything by committee. And um, trying to transition to that has been... Um, interesting you know workshops are workshops but committees you have to make a decision you should make a decision and bring it the recommendation back to the council and uh, when I was on council before we we worked by committee the committee would bring the recommendation and we wouldn't spend so much time talking through the the problem or the issue over and over and over again mm -hmm. and and that's what you see right now um, with us is that every time we bring the same thing up for three weeks in a row we spend the same amount of time every week every single week rehashing the same thing yeah you'll you'll notice I don't say a whole lot I mean once it's been said it's been said I I don't have a reason to have to hear it again it's not going to change my mind to hear it again now, if a, if someone from the community had something to say that could change my mind, that's different. But us up there rehashing it every week is not going to change anything. Uh, let's get to another caller. Hello, you're on Sound Off. How are you? Welcome to the show. Thanks for waiting. Good afternoon. Hey. Um, I'm going to kind of touch on what the last caller brought up about the license plate readers. Um, they're used in Hammond, and they're used very well. I, I read the Times... And they solve a lot of crimes where there's gunshots going off. And then they look at the license plate readers, and then they figure out who it was yep. shooting the guns. Yep. Yep. Um, and, you know, I live right on the edge of the uh, city on the south side. I'm surrounded by apartments out here, and there's a lot of cars that go in and out of here with out-of-state license plates. And they go up and down my road, and they think they're in the country, and they start shooting guns. Hmm. Um, with these license plate readers, they also tell you if the cars are stolen. Um, and the last time they had that meeting, the average citizen didn't know. Only a small group of people that are against anything like that of the sort. But the average citizen would be for this. If you have nothing to hide, why would you be against uh, a camera reading your license plate? I hear you on that one. You see what I'm saying? I think it would help with the gun violence a lot if we did, you know, go with this. So I know you said you're going to look into it, but I recommend getting hold of the city of Hammond and check with them and see how many crimes they have actually solved using these things. Yeah. And I think it would be a great deterrent from people stealing cars, coming into the city with them, committing crimes because they're in a stolen car. And, you know, it's going to tell you the car's stolen, so then the police know to go look for that car. Sure. It's not that they're, they're profiling certain people. They're profiling criminals is what they're doing, okay? Yeah, and, I, and well, I, I, I'll i say this, too. I think that if we look at more of the data and statistics and not the emotion of it, 
mm-hmm. I think we 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 could really understand it better. And I think that's I think it got derailed by emotion versus understanding right. the data and, and statistics. Right, and there's too many people afraid of it, and it's there's nothing to be afraid of unless you're committing a crime, is what I would say. All right. Well, thank you so much for but, calling. All right. Thanks a lot. Have a good weekend, yeah. you too. Thank you, you too. All right, Angie. Well, it is the end of the show. I do want to give you the final word. I know it goes quick, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. I know. I'll have to have you on again. Yeah. Uh, what do you want our listeners to know? Anything? Um, well, you know, right now um, we're getting ready to go into the graduation season. And um, one thing that I've been sharing with people is just check. It's Mental Health Month. Awareness Month, and I I just want everybody to check on your loved ones and your friends and family. Just just remember, the last 15 months have been um, very hard on a lot of families. We're coming up on anniversaries of uh, loved ones who have gone. We're coming up on anniversaries of, of children that were born last year with only one parent in the room. Um, with no visitors um, in the hospitals. So um, just please check on on your friends, your family, and your loved ones because um, it's been a year uh, that most of us are glad that 2020 and is gone and behind us. So um, it's Mental Health Awareness Month. Just check on your family and friends and just understand that, um, hey, we've all been through a, a long struggle and, and just stay safe um, and continue to move forward. And if you haven't been vaccinated, um, you know, I'm encouraging people to be vaccinated. Um, you know, all of our family has done it. Um, my siblings across the, the United States, we, we've we all been vaccinated. So um, just continue to be safe. All right. Good. Uh, a, a good message for all of us. Again, as uh, my grandfather, one of the toughest men I ever knew, concrete guy, said, Nate, if you've got a problem that you don't know how to deal with, it's okay to go to somebody to talk about it. So it's a great reminder. Uh, thank you to Angie Nelson-Deutsch. Thank you to our producer and editor today, Jeff Woogazer, who's really held it all together this week without uh, Dennis Sedell here. No thank you to Dennis Sedell, who went on vacation this week and left us here. On Monday, uh, John Boyd will be on the show, Sheriff John Boyd. So if you have a question about any of that stuff or want to get his opinion on any of the stuff, especially, you know, again, it'd be interesting to get his opinion on some of these camera things. I'd Mm -hmm. love to hear his opinion on that. Please listen on there. Uh, Subscribe to our podcast. Like us on Facebook. Go to WCOE uh, 967theeagle or hometownnewsnow.com. The podcast for today's episode will be updated shortly. Hey, thank you so much for listening and keep it right here on 96.7 The Eagle. Thank you for joining us and voicing your opinion on this edition of Sound Off. The views on Sound Off are those of the host or callers and do not represent the opinion of 96.7 The Eagle, Spoon River Media LLC, or the sponsors. Sound Off airs every Monday and Friday at 1230. Please mark your calendar and join us again for the next edition of Sound Off on 96.7 The Eagle. Thank you for listening to the Sound Off podcast at 96.7TheEagle.com.